0: Cancer stem cell research is currently in its infancy, but it has the potential to revolutionize the treatment of cancer. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Michael Clark, a professor at Stanford Medical School and Associate Director of the Institute for Stem Cell Biology and Regenerative Medicine. Dr. Clark has written a Frontiers in Medicine article on the clinical and therapeutic implications of cancer stem cells. Dr. Clark, when tissue is damaged, how does a stem cell repair that damage?
1: Well, it depends on the a little bit on the tissue and the type of damage. But as a general rule, most tissues rely on stem cells to repair them. For example, there's an inflammatory damage from the innate immune system, which causes tissue damage in addition to helping to eradicate the invasive organism What happens is the same signals that activate the innate immune cells to attack the invading organism and which cause tissue damage activate stem cells to begin proliferating and to repair the damage simultaneously. So what happens is if the tissue stem cells, there's a mutation so that they can no longer respond to these inflammatory signals and then you get inflammation. Uh, You don't repair the tissue, and in some tissues, for example, uh, the gut, stem cells can't repair the tissue damage, the organism or person dies.
0: So in tissue that contains cells with the ability to replicate and to replace cells that have been lost due to damage, how are cancers initiated?
1: So that's a complex question. But the data now uh, appears to show that in many tissues, I hesitate to say all, because Every tissue may not be the same, but in many of the tissues that have been investigated, for example, the blood system, brain tumors, tumors in the gut, tumors in the mammary gland, tumors in the skin, it appears that because the stem cells in those tissues are the longest-lived cells that have the ability to replicate for the life of an organism, that the initial mutations appear to occur in the stem cells. And because multiple mutations are needed for cancer, what happens is if you have a mutation in a partially differentiated cell that still has some but limited replication capacity, but is destined to terminally differentiate and die, that if you have a single mutation in those cells, they're lost after hours to months, and you don't get the subsequent mutations that enable cancer to occur. And so I think In many tissues, it's pretty clear now that the initial oncogenic mutation occurs in a stem cell.
0: So in patients with mutations that increase the risk of certain cancers, the risk of chronic conditions such as cardiovascular disease is also increased. Why is that?
1: That's an interesting question, and the reason is the mutations in the stem cells sometimes cause perturbations in the functions of the mature tissue cells that arise from that stem cell. So, for example, in the blood, which is what you're referring to, some of the premalignant mutations that predispose the patient to cancer result in abnormality of cells such as macrophages, and then those macrophages go on to cause tissue damage because of the oncogenic mutation that's in the stem cell cell and because the stem cells persist for the life that damage is ongoing from the time the mutation occurs so it's a constant for example inflammatory signal that damages specific tissues which is an example of how that can happen
0: In a given tumor do all of the cancer cells have the potential to behave as stem cells
1: uh, It depends on the tumor that's a nuanced question and there is debate in the field but I think the evidence is pretty strong that in many tumors, in the majority of the patient's cancers, the answer to that is no, not all the cells can behave as stem cells. Now, it turns out that as you develop oncogenic mutations, some of these mutations can activate genes needed for a cell to be a stem cell, and they also can inactivate mutations that prevent a cell from being a stem cell. And so, in cancers which have very large number of mutations, in those cancers, for example, in some melanomas, and our lab showed in approximately 4% of colon cancers, the vast majority of the cells actually do have the ability to function as stem cells. So, in colon cancers and breast cancers, uh, in most tumors, it appears to be minority cell population, but in certain tumors, even in those tissues, if they've gone on and had multiple mutations in individual tumors, the majority of the cells have stem cell function.
0: How are cancer stem cells being used clinically?
1: So that's the exciting thing. Initially, uh, the scientific community's thought was interesting, but really doesn't have any clinical relevance. But it turns out in the last several years that there is clinical relevance. So, for example, Piero DeLerba, while he was at Stanford in my lab, and Debashi Sahu they found that about 4 to 7% of colon cancers had a homogeneous population of cells that presumably function as stem cells. And what they found was that those patients, when they had an early stage cancer, stage two, those patients had very, very high risk of relapse, even when they had an early stage two tumor. And what they further were able to show when they went back and looked at some of the clinical trials, that minor subgroup of patients really appear to benefit from adjuvant chemotherapy, whereas the majority of patients with stage 2 chemotherapy who have a much lower rate of relapse don't appear to benefit. So simply by developing an assay to count the stem cells in a tumor, seems to have relevance to whether a patient should receive chemotherapy or not. And then more recently, there's been three drugs approved, which specifically attack cancer stem cells, which result in long-term remission in patients where standard therapies didn't work at all. And that includes drug combination for AML, drug combination for metastatic basal cell carcinoma as two examples.
0: Finally, what do you see as the next steps in cancer stem cell biologic research?
1: Well, we still need more fundamental information. So one of the big problems is developing therapies against stem cells in cancer, and that's whether it's one in 5,000 cells or one in five cells. A lot of the drugs that effectively target the stem cell pathways that the rare cell or the more common cell uh, in some tumors are using to maintain themselves Those drugs often attack normal stem cells also. And if you eliminate gut stem cells with your agent, there's no therapeutic index and the patient will die of catastrophic GI bleeding and polymicrobial sepsis. And so we really need to understand what these factors are driving self-renewal in normal tissues and which factors are doing that in cancers, and can we attack the cancer cell without killing the normal stem cells? So with these three recent examples in this article, there's three drug combinations that actually do fit that criteria, and we need to find more. And the other thing that we need to do is as I alluded to, if a cancer essentially de-evolves from a multicellular organism where only rare cell maintains the tissue and essentially activates all the programs needed to be activated for a cell to be stem cell and inactivates all the programs that prevent it from being a stem cell, Those cells obviously are going to be much harder to attack therapeutically. And I think, in my opinion, understanding pre-malignant stem cells and developing agents to prevent them from going on to frank cancers is a very fruitful area of research.
0: Thank you, Dr. Clark.